Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1 Two surface-to-air missiles were launched toward an IAF aircraft on Wednesday morning, December 20th. Thankfully, the aircraft was not hit and continued on its mission. Additional launches toward Israel were identified and an interceptor was launched during the incident. In response to the launches, IDF artillery struck targets in Lebanon. Furthermore, a number of launches from Lebanon toward the areas of Goren and Manara in northern Israel were identified. In response, IDF artillery and tanks have struck a number of locations in Lebanon in order to remove a threat, and also they struck additional terrorist infrastructure in the area. In addition, a short while ago, IAF fighter jets, helicopters, and aircraft struck Hezbollah terrorist infrastructure, a military compound, launch posts, a command center, and a weapons depot. The 162nd Division of the IDF is currently engaged in military operations in the Jabalia area in Gaza. As part of their activities in the area, the soldiers eliminated hundreds of terrorists in encounters and battles while directing artillery fire and airstrikes at terrorists in the area. Additionally, as part of a several special operations carried out by the division, five bodies of soldiers and hostages were recovered and returned to Israel. The IDF says about 1,000 terrorists have been killed so far during the battle in Jebelia, and at least 3,000 more have been taken prisoner. According to reports, intensive negotiations are underway in Egypt regarding a potential agreement for the release of hostages in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. Hamas announced that its leader, Ismail Hania arrived in Cairo this morning for talks with Egyptian officials. The discussions will cover the latest developments in the war in Gaza and touch upon, quote, other files, as stated in the group's released statement. Israel has proposed a one-week ceasefire in Gaza through Qatari mediators in an effort to secure the release of over three dozen hostages held by Hamas. This proposal marks Israel's first offer since the breakdown of a previous deal last month, which resulted in a seven-day ceasefire and the release of over a hundred hostages. Despite Hamas indicating its unwillingness to resume negotiations during ongoing hostilities, Israel is determined to engage in serious talks for the release of additional hostages. Members of the UN Security Council engaged in intensive negotiations on Tuesday, December 19th, regarding an Arab-sponsored resolution aimed at facilitating humanitarian aid deliveries to Gaza during a potential halt in the fighting. The resolution's vote, initially scheduled for Monday, December 18th, was postponed to Wednesday, December 20th, as discussions continued. The United States, emphasizing Israel's right to defend itself against threats, sought more time to review the resolution with ongoing efforts to secure the Biden administration's abstention or support. The IDF reported that the Nachal and 551st Brigades conducted raids on multiple Hamas sites in northern Gaza's Jabalia area, discovering a truck containing long-range rockets. Weapons caches were also found in the area, and the IDF further notes that the 551st Brigade identified and targeted several Hamas operatives hiding in the buildings in Jabalia. Additionally, airstrikes were carried out against the building previously used to launch anti-tank missiles at troops. In southern Gaza's Khan Yunis, troops from the 7th Armored Brigade raided the homes of senior Hamas officials, uncovering tunnel shafts. Unfortunately, the IDF has announced the death of another, another soldier during the fighting in the southern Gaza Strip bringing the total number of slain troops in the ground offensive against Hamas 
to 134. Rahman Number 2. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled to keep former President Donald Trump off the 2024 ballot, misconstruing a Civil War era constitutional provision barring candidates who, quote, engaged in insurrection from elected office. In a 4-3 decision on Tuesday, December 19th, the far-left court, dominated by judges appointed by Democrat governors, voted to keep Colorado residents from casting ballots for the likely Republican presidential nominee. As the Wall Street Journal reported, quote, their Colorado case to date has focused on the Republican primary, but the court's ruling would apply with equal force to the general election. The judges wrote that a majority of the court holds that Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under, under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. The high court decision overturned the district court ruling that found former President Donald Trump, quote, incited the Capitol riot on January 6, 2021, but that the constitutional stipulation for those who engages in, quote, insurrection does not apply to the presidency. A similar effort to remove Trump from the Minnesota ballot on the same grounds failed in November. Colorado District Judge Sarah Wallace wrote last month, quote, The court holds there is scant direct evidence regarding whether the presidency is one of the positions subject to disqualification. The court holds that it is unpersuaded that the drafters intended to include the highest office in the country in the catch-all phrase, quote, office under the United States. Trump's campaign promptly pledged to appeal the Colorado Supreme Court's decision, with Trump campaign spokesman Stephen Chung stating on Tuesday, December 19th, quote, the Colorado Supreme Court issued a completely flawed decision tonight, and we will swiftly file an appeal to the United States Supreme Court and a concurrent request for a stay of this deeply undemocratic, undemocratic decision. We have full confidence that the U.S. Supreme Court will quickly rule in our favor and finally put an end to these un-American lawsuits. While Trump is unlikely to carry the deep blue western state anyway, the Colorado court decisions marks the first, the latest episode in the Democrats' 2024 lawfare campaign strategy of weaponizing the judicial system against their top political opponent. Trump faces 91 state and federal charges heading into next year's election. Although corporate media have hyperventilated over a second Trump term being a, quote, dictatorship, President Joe Biden has more in common with a strongman like Russian leader Vladimir Putin than the Republican frontrunner does. Number 3 The IRS said on Tuesday, December 19th, that it is going to waive penalty fees for people who fail to pay back taxes that total less than $100,000 per year for tax years 2020 and 2021. Nearly 5 million people, businesses, and tax-exempt organizations, most making up to $400,000 per year, will be eligible for the relief starting this week, totaling about $1 billion, the agency said. The IRS temporarily suspended mailing automated reminders to pay overdue tax bills during the pandemic, beginning in February of 2022. And agency leadership says the pause in automated reminders is the reason behind the decision to forgive the failure to pay penalties. Quote, due to the unprecedented effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, these reminders would have normally been issued as a follow-up after the initial notice, the IRS said. Although these, reminders these reminder notices were suspended, the failure to pay penalty continues to accrue for taxpayers who did not fully pay their bills in response to the initial balance due notice. While the IRS plans to resume sending out normal collection notices, the Tuesday, December 19th announcements is meant as a one-time relief based on the unprecedented interruption caused by the pandemic, IRS officials say. 
It was an extraordinary time and the IRS had to take extraordinary steps, says IRS Commissioner Daniel Werfel. He said the change will be automa automatic for many taxpayers and will not require additional action. Taxpayers are eligible for automatic relief if they file the form, a 1040 form, a 1041, an 1120, or a Form 990-T tax return for years 2020 or 2021, owing less than $100,000 per year in back taxes, and received an initial balance due notice between February 5th, 2022 and December 7th, 2023. If people paid the failure to pay penalty, they will get a refund, Werfel said. People need to know that the IRS is on their side. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio and have a great day.